0: I want to say it was like end of high school, beginning of college that I discovered pansexuality and all of that and kind of like truly figured out exactly Mm -hmm. what shape my little puzzle piece was.
1: Welcome to The Coffee Shop AU. I'm Jay, your host. I'm trans, non-binary, neurodivergent, and currently based in Seoul, Korea. My pronouns are they, them, and I believe that queer folks like me deserve more safe spaces to tell our stories our way. And to help me do just that, today I'm joined by my friend Danny. How are you? I'm good, I'm good, how are you? I'm pretty good pretty awake i don't often get to do these things in the evening but here we are i'm excited to see you
0: i'm excited to see you too i think it's been too
1: long yeah the last time was was i saw you over christmas yes you came to seoul and we had some food and some music and you sang in front of a random small crowd of people you were meeting for the first time (laughs) yep (laughs) typical day for dating (laughs) yeah honestly why not show it off you know, got a magical voice. Really tailored for singing Adele. Yeah. <laughs> so tell us, where are you joining us from and what are you drinking?
0: Absolutely, I am joining you from the comfort of my studio apartment located here in Bussad. Just a small walk away from our fabulous baseball stadium and on every corner is both a coffee shop and a convenience store. Some might call this paradise,
1: I call it home. Oh, that's wonderful. We met through Mo, you know, just to put everything out there. Mo lives in Busan. Uh, We had an interview last week, actually. Oh, yeah. You live also in Busan. It seems like there's a pretty active queer community in Busan. And it's like a seaside city. I've been there once. It is very nice. Yes. So you mentioned convenience stores.
0: Yes, 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 yes. There are convenience stores on every corner. And my favorite thing to drink
1: at all of them is a blue lemonade.
0: I don't know what's special about this blue lemonade, but it's delicious. And it's blue. So. (laughs) Yeah.
1: And that's what you're drinking today.
0: Absolutely. Oh, of course.
1: Describe the drink for us in detail.
0: The best word that I can think of to describe this drink is like crisp and sweet. I don't think you're supposed to use crisp to to describe liquid things, but. I'm choosing to anyway. It's just got this freshness to it. Yeah, the taste note. Yes. Yeah. It's great. I love it. It's just the perfect level of like sweet and like juicy, but it's not like a fruity juice. It's like a citrus
1: juice. Oh, okay. If that makes sense. I was gonna say it's just artificial. (laughs) That too.
0: I'm really bad at describing things. Nothing natural about
1: it. (laughs) That's okay. Just show it to me. I'm always startled at how blue this blue drink really is can i take a screenshot of this absolutely okay all right <laughs> Just be like, here we go <laughs> perfection awesome first things first tell us a little bit about yourself Of course
0: so for everyone i am danny short for danelia and i am a cisgendered pansexual black woman living and working in south korea mm-hmm I am an aggressively positive person. Yes. <laughs> everything I do is aggressive. Absolutely everything. I love people aggressively. I make all of my decisions very impulsively. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I try really hard so that mm-hmm. no one ever feels sad in my presence. No. So that's... <laughs> that's sweet. <laughs> so that's me. Just my little giant ball of chaotic energy.
1: <laughs> yeah. Really, really accurate from what I've seen of you. <laughs> and your pronouns are... She, her! Ha! She, her. You're from the States. Yes.
0: Moving to Korea is my first time ever, like, leaving the United States. So I was like, go bigger, go home. Mm. We're going to move somewhere new completely.
1: Oh, yeah. And you did that because your roommate from back in the States was like, Hey, Danny, you want to go to South Korea for a bit and and work (laughs) and live and see what's up? Yes! Because it's an impulsive person. They're like, yeah.
0: <laughs> so this was an impulsive decision. Yeah. But I love it. It was the best decision ever. Right.
1: Where in the States are you from originally? So. You have a whole lore. You know, I do.
0: <laughs> I was born in the state of Florida, which is where I believe I get my audacity from. Mm. And then I was raised in, like, s- the small town in southern Virginia, in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. But I spent all of my college years and, like, post-graduation years outside of D.C.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> so mostly in Virginia is where most of my life has been. But I did spend a few of my, like, mm-hmm. primitive years in Florida, which is where I absolutely believe most
1: of my crazy quirks come from. <laughs> did you just say primitive years? <laughs> yeah! Okay, we'll take it. <laughs> do you have any memories of growing up in Florida that sticks out to you? Because I've never been to Florida. I've never lived there. But anytime I hear any story of people who have been in Florida, I'm intrigued. So do you have anything that you want to leave us with?
0: <laughs> um, the only thing that I truly remember like from Florida is that I had a babysitter who was from Panama. Mm. And so she spoke like very proper English because it wasn't her first language. Okay. And my mom used to always tell me that I, like, walked around, like, mimicking the way that she spoke because I spent so much time with her. And so she's like, you spoke very proper English as a baby. And then we moved and you got older and it all went to sh**. So...
1: (laughs) Oh. It, it fell apart. It <laughs>
0: fell apart <laughs> We real can't fast. swear
1: on this podcast, I've decided. I'm so yeah, sorry. Okay. I've decided that because I've had like one episode that had to be rated age-restricted mm-hmm. because we were talking about hooking up with people. Right. Although we weren't really swearing. Um, and then in subsequent episodes, I was like, maybe all of our episodes are going to be age-restricted. And so my friends were like, oh, okay, then let me just let it rip. But then also, because of who I am and who my friends are, The worst that it got was the really general, like, area. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, this is not enough for me to decide that our podcast is going to be age-restricted in general. Right. So I've decided that in places where we can't, like, re-record or edit it out completely, I'm just going to replace it with meows. Leo, oh, there's gonna be a lot of meows. Because I I'm gonna I'm gonna do my darndest <laughs> There
0: you go. Okay to not curse. But I fail at not cursing in front of my kids sometimes. So we're gonna we're gonna try real hard. The
1: children you teach.
0: The children yes, I don't have any actual kids. My students are my kids.
1: Yeah. You're a baby yourself.
0: I don't feel like a baby.
1: You think I'm a baby. No one else (laughs) thinks I'm a baby. Call you a baby. I I met I I met a 19
0: year old the other day, and I was like a child.
1: (laughs) Well, that's just a fetus. (laughs) Right. That's not a child. That's a fetus.
0: I was like, ooh,
1: is this how Jay feels whenever <laughs> they talk to me? Oh my gosh, you get it now. You get it now. Yeah, I was like, uh-uh. So for anybody listening who's wondering why I call you a baby, it's because you're in your mid-20s. When I first met you, I thought you were in your late 20s. And I thought we were sort of close in age. I am in my early 30s. So I was like, I can talk about whatever with this person. Oh my gosh, she's so cool. And then... <laughs> <laughs> Plot twist! Yeah. On our way back from the camping trip that we met on. Was
0: it the way back um,
1: that you That's that? when I found it. The way back. On the bus. Three the days station. later. And you told me how old you were, and I was like, oh, 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 oh. Okay, well, let me backtrack some of the stuff that uh, I put out there, maybe. <laughs> Anyway, you're one of my youngest friends, that's why I call you a baby. I don't think I treat you like one. I don't think so. I just like to call you a baby. Absolutely. Um, Anyway, yeah, it might be close to what I feel about you when you meet a 19-year-old. I was cringing. Yes. Yes. (laughs) You do cringe a little bit. It's not because the person is cringeworthy, it's just because it reminds you of how old you are. Yes! (laughs) And what you are like at that age. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, welcome to Korea. (laughs) Woo! (laughs) If you could give us a very summary version of what mm-hmm. your experience has been like living in Korea the past year.
0: Oh my goodness, yes. Oh, let's see. I feel like I'm either too brief or there's too many details. So let's see.
1: <laughs> um, the joys of being neurodivergent.
0: Literally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Speaking of, side note, my friends have been calling me out on a lot of my like neurodivergent traits lately. Mm. Especially with me like moving. Right. And one of my friends, I had been complaining that I had no butter. I was like, I have no butter. I'm very frustrated. Like, all I want to do is make grits and I don't have butter. And I was taking something from one apartment to the next apartment. And when I came back, I walked in and my friend looked at me and went, "Danny, you have ADHD. And she she opens my Mm -hmm. fridge and is like, you have two sticks of French
1: butter unopened. Dude, just in the fridge. Oh my gosh! <laughs> this reminded me the last time I saw you in person, you were also talking about not having butter, but you were also saying simultaneously that you had bought butter. <laughs> <Bro>. <laughs> so, it was. I it was, totally missed that. It was, I was so bad. We're all multitasking yeah. at the time.
0: Yeah. So yeah, she was like, "You." She's like, "This is two sticks of it, unopened, completely
1: unopened." Uh, how did that make you feel, Danny? <sighs>
0: Not again, basically. (laughs) One of my coworkers, whom I love, does the same thing to me. Like the other day I was telling her how I got so much work done. And she's like, oh, that's good. Like, Mm -hmm. what did you do differently to help you get all this work done? And I was like, I put in my headphones and I realized when I am playing music, if I let the songs change, I can't focus. But if I play the same song, Over and over and over (gasps) again on repeat. I get so much stuff done. And she looked at me dead in my face and said, That would be the tism. That's how she refers to autism. And I was like, Mm. I hate you. (laughs) Why do you do this to me? She's like, Normal people don't do that, Danny. Normal people don't need to listen to one song. What do you
1: mean, normal people? Right. (laughs) All my friends and I listen to one song on repeat. (laughs) I was like, That's not. Normal, I don't understand. Yeah, oral neuro spicy, a little bit, but yeah, uh -uh. she frequently says that to me. I had the same experience, I was like at this gathering. And there were two other people there <laughs> gathering. <laughs> this gathering. Uh, it was supposed to be a bigger one. It just like people left. Yeah. And then somebody asked, you know, can somebody put some music on? So I put on my playlist and they had different songs on it, but because I usually tend to listen to one song over and over and over again, mm-hmm. I don't really get tired of songs easily. Me either. So it just was playing on repeat. And they didn't even realize that it was until somebody pointed out, hey, is this song repeat? And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, let me change that. And then they were like, how do you listen to the same song over and over and over again? You can't listen to the same song in one waking period. Watch me. And I just <coughs> went, what? Yeah. And the other person there, interestingly, they were like, but I, I listened to the same song in one waking period. And I was like, me too. I never listened to more than one song in one waking period, and there was just this like moment of silence. Literally, it's like I
0: hyper fixate on the one song. Yeah,
1: you want to listen to all of it. You know, yeah. You don't just want to skim the song. You want to listen to all of it. Yeah. And every time it plays again, you catch something new. Yeah. If you're paying attention, if not, it's just soothing. Exactly. Know? I do like repetition. Yeah.
0: And I don't like change. <laughs>
1: I don't like change either. (laughs) Says the girl who moved all the way to Korea. But I don't like change. Yeah, once you get there, you don't like change. Yeah. We need periodic, massive changes. Yes. Yes. Uh, We can deal with that. Absolutely. (laughs) But not songs. No, those
0: have to, it's, yeah. mm -mm. I have like specific playlists for like specific moods and it's like one or two songs. It's just like those two going back and forth. Yes, Like, I don't care. Yes. This is what I want. I can't handle more than like three songs on a playlist. I get overwhelmed
1: Most of my plays are literally three songs <laughs> and I'm like, yes <laughs> It's all I need
0: It's like I have a couple that have like a lot, but they're not for me mm. <laughs> They're for other people Because we're
1: considerate We are <laughs> We're accommodating we, are. <laughs> we understand that other people function differently yeah.
0: Absolutely <laughs> So my experiences in Korea have been very positive for the Mm. most part. I feel like I have Mm. absolutely enjoyed living here. I've made tons of friends. I've had tons of like positive interactions with people. One of my favorite things is I remember I was on like a yacht Mm. and I was talking to this guy Mm -hmm. and I was just like talking about like my experiences with taxi drivers in Korea. And he was like listening to Mm. me and he was like, I don't understand. I was like, what do you not understand? He's like, you've had only positive experiences with taxi drivers. which is like unheard of, right? Usually, especially foreigners, Mm. like we don't have the greatest experiences all the time with our taxi drivers, (laughs) but mine have been great. I think I had one time where like a taxi driver pulled up saw I was a foreigner, and then drove away. Right. It happened not met once, and I've been here for a year. Mm. Every other time, it's been like, great. And I had one taxi driver who was jamming to Smooth Operator in the front seat, just jamming. Oh. And I was like, I love this song. And so we're both chilling, singing along to Smooth <laughs> Operator at three o'clock in the morning, and I'm drunk, like it's a
1: great time. Oh my gosh, that sounds like a dream. Honestly, I have seen you interact with different people, right? Mostly friends, that people I know, we both know. But I also remember watching you interact with a bartender, and honestly, like, I was not expecting (laughs) that bartender to be so friendly. (laughs) You know, they were normal with me. They were perfectly fine. Very serviceable interaction, you know? And then you walked up, (laughs) and you were like, hello! (laughs) And they were like, beaming at you, like, hey! (laughs) And then you just had this really sunshiny, really happy interaction, and you weren't really doing anything. You were just being you. And I feel like you might have this sunny disposition, Mm -hmm. you know, and people just react to it. So that could be part of the reason why. Maybe. Because I have heard stories of other foreign people who look non-Korean being passed up. By taxi drivers. And I was like, what? Yeah. And they're like, yeah, it happens all the time. And I'm like, what the heck? Because <laughs> uh, I, as a person who presents as Korean from the outside, I've never had that experience. So it was just shocking. But it's lovely to hear that you. Have been an exception. It's been great. (laughs) Apparently. It's
0: like one time I think my favorite taxi experience. This is when I like first came to Korea. So like I don't speak Korean by any means. Mm. (laughs) But at this point in the year, like I am able to communicate with my taxi drivers enough to get me home you know what i mean right because you're learning korean yes. you're
1: taking korean yes. lessons
0: so i, I am mm-hmm. able to do what i need to to get home in one piece oh. um but at this point i spoke like little to none i basically just hit him with a i don't speak korean yet and we just kind of keep it pushing mm-hmm. and so i had gotten him in the taxi and i don't remember what he said to me but i definitely was like i don't speak korean and so he switches and he starts talking to me in english Ooh. and he tells me that he actually lives five minutes from where he's about to drop me off at which is my apartment and i'm like wow what are the odds right because like i'm in i'm at guangali beach and i live like 20 minutes away from there and he's like driving me home he's like yeah i live like five minutes from you above the loteria and i'm like stop <laughs> what are they? he's like yeah if you need anything this is my room number like just let me know what? he never gave me his name or like a number to reach him at but he's like just come pop yeah, up just says everything. <laughs> <number>. what <laughs> telling ian about it That's kind and he of was, a like, good <laughs> was like what
1: yes this, this ian is your uh, my best friend best friend slash roommate yes. from yeah the person who convinced you to come yes, to korea absolutely yes <laughs> but yeah he was just like what i was like
0: i don't know how these interactions happen to me i don't know it just does and it's
1: like yeah yeah it's just who you are yeah just who you are and um we'll get more into this yes. you know your entire experience of living in korea later on but yeah, kudos, kudos to your, your vibes, cool. human sunshine. It's the only way I survive. I think at this
0: point it's just pure like vibes. <laughs> it's like, you can't, you can't like have a conversation with me and be upset. I just can't believe it. I refuse to accept that. I refuse to think that's true. I will make your day better. I will.
1: <laughs> that's completely true. Um, You know, when we first really spoke was at the Cabin in the Woods. Let's just hold on, pause. (laughs) For anybody who doesn't know what Cabin in the Woods is in this context, please listen to the previous episode. So Mo's episode, which is going to be released before this one. Just listen to that. But how would you describe it though since this is a separate episode?
0: Oh my gosh. That whole trip was the most uncharacteristically me thing I ever could have done. I loved it. Like, mm. so let me explain. Interesting. So let me explain. <laughs> I am really big about not doing white people stuff since I can't curse. Mm. White people things. I mm-hmm. I I don't do that. So like I don't I don't climb trees. Mm-hmm. I don't <laughs> I don't talk back to my parents. <laughs> Um I don't talk back to the cops. <laughs> like I don't I I don't go camping in the woods um i don't mess around with haunted things mm-hmm, i don't do mm-hmm. white people stuff we don't do that yes. those are all things reserved for people of mm-hmm. palm colored complexion and i don't do them mm-hmm.
1: um, <laughs> this is literally the best description ever palm color complexion oh,
0: i have a lot amazing. of phrases i have a lot of phrases <laughs> for
1: um yeah my vanilla friends yeah you've had your entire life to come up with that absolutely um i'm keeping i'm gonna <laughs> <I'll>, <laughs> wait am i including the vanilla friends too if we're just going by complexion, what am I?
0: <laughs> I haven't considered that, and I don't know if I could come up with one that's not a little right. racist. So I'm not going <laughs> to even go there. We're not <laughs> even going to
1: cross that threshold. We're we're gonna go. Yes, <laughs> we're gonna give it some time to simmer. I'm gonna let so that you, simmer. Mine can come up with, and we're gonna come up with a good one. Appropriate. <laughs> yeah, but Infimism, yeah. Yes. But anyway,
0: I I don't do white people things. Um, so going to a cabin. In the woods.
1: Yes. In the middle of the Korean mountains. In
0: the middle of the Korean mountains. And like, it's not like we're in tents, right? We're in like a house. But we're like sleeping on the floor. Mm-hmm. And you, we have to remember that the closest thing I've been to camping mm. is a fancy cabin that's like four stories in Tennessee with a hot tub and a four pool table. Four stories? It's huge! That, does that still count as a cabin? I don't think so. It's basically a wow, house. I've
1: never been to... <laughs>
0: It's basically a house in
1: Tennessee. Yeah, basically a mansion.
0: And basically, Uh it felt like one, because we have to remember, I was poor. So, like, my family (laughs) would spend, like, three years saving up (laughs) to go to a cabin in Tennessee for, like, a week. And just, like, Mm -hmm. it had all the works, jacuzzis, pool tables. I wasn't really camping. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, so this is the closest thing I've been to camping. You're glamping. I'm glamping. And so you're telling me that I'm about to go to the cabin in the woods in the middle of the Korean mountains. Yes with 10 people whom i've basically never met before ian being the only person i like yes. know and the people that i do quote unquote know i've met like twice mm-hmm. before this moment this is the definition of white people um white people things <laughs> this is, like that's what this is this is the setup to a horror film so like i what am i doing yeah i um, cannot disagree so like, this this is not this is not something i do but for some reason Move into another country and being stripped of all the people that you know will make you do some crazy things mm-hmm. for friendship. <laughs> so I agreed. I agreed to go to yeah. this fancy cab Not fancy. But I agreed to go to this cabin in the woods with a bunch of strangers who could potentially murder me for like three days. Yeah. I regret nothing. I clearly came back alive. <laughs>
1: but... You did come back alive. Uh, and although, you know, physically, I feel like we're all pretty hungover Absolutely on the way back because the drinking really started like once we got there. As soon as we got there. <laughs> it I... <was> a... <laughs> so since you've given this amazing, you know, <laughs> description f- <laughs> from your perspective. <laughs> <laughs> Let me give you the, you know, the dry facts of yeah. how this but transpired. You think, you think mine wasn't facts? Total facts. <laughs> uh, but much more entertaining and, you know, relatable than what I'm about to say. But this is necessary because we have people listening in who don't know who we are. Mm-hmm. I feel like we forget that sometimes on this show. I'm like, I know you. You know me. Yeah. I know who I am. You know who you are. <laughs> yeah. There are people who are probably listening to the show who have no idea what we're doing here, so... This Cabin in the Woods was a weekend trip organized by our mutual friend, Mo. And, you know, it was a pretty much like a queer retreat, at least that was my impression of it. Seemed like most people invited on this trip were queer, and mostly, yes, white people. And um, they had booked an Airbnb for us to stay in. Really beautiful, the surrounding was just Korean countryside, the air is incredibly clear, like really fresh and we could do barbecues, there was a huge lawn outside, there were some church pews on the balcony for whatever reason, <laughs> and most of us hadn't met each other before. So whoever agreed, whoever Mo invited and then agreed to go on this trip with them, were all kind of brave humans who were like, well, I guess we're just gonna do this yeah. and see what what ha- happens. Uh, but before I actually like fully signed up, I did check out the <laughs> group chat room profile pics, of the other people who are in that room. And literally, when we first started to speak at the actual event, when we got to the Airbnb, we were kind of tipsy at that point. Mm -hmm. I turned to you. All I knew about you was you're a friend of most friend, and you really liked maths. That's what you had kept on saying. I love maths. And I was like, okay, this person seems cool. So (laughs) I turned to you and I said, Hey, did you check out the guest list before you showed up? (laughs) Did you check out the profile pics? And you were like, yeah. And I was like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And seeing each other's faces was like, kind of our safety... What's the word? Not deposit, but kind of like something to secure...
0: Yeah. Mm.
1: Well, to put our minds at ease. Yeah. Somewhat. I'm not gonna be the only non-white person there. Right. That's kind of important. When we're going to a literal cabin in the woods with not too much outside contact. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I know I'm a Korean person in Korea, but still (laughs) we're isolated. No, absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely, we're isolated. You never know. And that's how we met. We proceeded to like drink, all talk, talked about some really wild things. Right,
0: And I was just, I was so glad it happened because I remember, so like when I first, first met you, we were at that place, like the zip lining before, because like that's where you
1: met all of us. Oh yeah, right, right, we did some activities before yes. going to the cabin.
0: And I remember like you got there and I don't think we had more than like a head nod and a hey moment, like at that point. It was just like a hi, nice yeah. to meet you, that's it. And so everyone's doing the zip lining, yeah. and I was not doing the zip lining because, again, white people things. Um, and <laughs> I'm just kidding. You, I have done zip lining in the past, but this place was like, if you're above this weight, you probably shouldn't. And I was like, I'm not going to die today. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because on top of being black and queer, I am also plus-sized. So, <laughs> no thank <laughs> you. Um so I remember I was, like, taking videos and pictures of everyone. Right. And when I saw you, the whole time I was like, I have to talk to them. I feel like I'm going to like them. Oh, really? We need to talk. So in my head, why? I was like, I don't even know what. Vibes. I, I just survive on pure vibes and your vibes Ooh. and my vibes just felt like they were going to match. And the whole time I was sitting there very, very anxious. Really? Thinking, how am I going to wiggle
1: into this <laughs> and not be weird, <laughs> but also become BFFs? <laughs> Oh my gosh, this is the first time I'm hearing of this. Yeah. I thought that desire to form a friendship with me formed later on. But wow. No, no, no.
0: Right away. I was like, how? The whole time. I was like, I don't know how I'm going to do this. I don't know. I'm, we're just going to hope for the best. That's incredibly
1: flattering. Thank you.
0: I just felt like we were going to get along very well. I liked the way that like you carried yourself. You were going to be my person. I just, I knew it. That's mm. all that mattered
1: in the moment. I had no idea because until we had that exchange. Yeah. <laughs> of did you check out the guest list? I feel like you were just having a good time, talking with other people, drinking a lot. Um... (laughs) As soon as we got there. generally being the the human vitamin. The human vitamin! You know, I really thought that uh, we became friends when we went down the hill to buy those packs of cigarettes.
0: That's like when it happened. I just wanted it to happen before. Okay.
1: But that's the moment. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because we survived that climb down and then climb up in the pitch dark.
0: Yeah. That was it
1: <laughs> that was our okay. binding moment
0: and i only went down that hill because i wanted to be because <laughs> i don't smoke so i was like what
1: am i doing oh i only went down there to talk to you that's true you did say i don't smoke and then you also proceeded to <laughs> smoke <laughs> demolish a quarter of the of the pack you know <laughs> I whatever like, i thought you didn't you smoke, smoke but don't honestly else. i i don't care so okay excellent well Wow, I am so honored <laughs> that you were willing to risk your life Absolutely. to develop this friendship with That's me. That's
0: the kind of friend that I am too. Uh, just in life, <laughs> I will do whatever. It's true. For my yeah, friends.
1: you do show up, and I really appreciate that about you. And I feel like the sentiment—I can't say the sentiment was mutual because I had no idea right. that you were doing that right. just to- <laughs> <laughs> um, But once we started talking about how many hands, no, how many raccoons. <laughs> how many raccoons can fit up a human anus <laughs> at one point because there was somebody there who was really scared of having anything up there yeah but yeah. it's just in general in yeah. life and we were trying to convince this person hey maybe keep an open mind and then you came up with this fact yes
0: which is a fact you can
1: google it by the way <laughs> you can google it google will give you an answer how many raccoons is it uh, i believe it's two. Oh, it's only two i thought you said four Or five? I'm gonna double check right now. Okay, maybe we're saying like you can fit way more like raccoon hands of the human ears. (laughs) Two full raccoons. Two fully grown raccoons. Is that circumferenced by raccoon torsos? Around the raccoon torso or like the head or the...
0: I'm assuming it means like the torso.
1: Okay, so not like the entirety of the raccoon. (laughs) I
0: don't know, it just says that they... Because that would be a lot. Right? Says the human anus can stretch up to seven inches before taking damage. Seven inches? That's a lot. So you can fit about two full grown
1: raccoons up your butt. Before taking damage. Before taking So it can keep going. I feel like it there will hurts. be some kind of prep work and Oh yeah. Right. Okay. <laughs> It just hurts. It just
0: hurts after that. And maybe you know? you're,
1: you're gonna lose some functions later. Maybe. On. Yeah, everybody works differently. Mm-hmm. But um, I feel like that moment, and everybody was like bawling over, crying because of this incredible fact that we all found out. Uh, you really enlightened us. <laughs> I feel like that moment was the moment when I was like, huh, okay, <laughs> yes, we are going to be friends. <laughs> the beginning of a beautiful friendship.
0: Please walk me through what was going on in your. <laughs> at the time.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so first of all, let let us own the fact that we were pretty drunk. Yeah. We were like at least two bottles of Bacardi into the night. Yeah. Also the night air was so fresh, and it was just like the whole kind of chemical-induced euphoria, plus the fact that you were willing <laughs> to- because you did not start this conversation. No! <laughs> This person and I were talking about this and you were standing like near us and you were just kind of listening in and once I started to make some arguments for, never say never, Yeah. I mean you don't have to say yes, but just keep an open mind, I'm very pro trying anything once and I was just trying to argue for that and when you really just seamlessly joined (laughs) in on the conversation and you wasn't just like, yeah keep an open mind, you're like, Two raccoons, two full raccoons can fit up there, so just don't be scared of little bitty human hand. You know? Fisting, what is that? I mean, that's just like child's play. Literally! Um, so I felt very supported in my view of the world. And I really felt like you had my back, even though we'd only known each other for a few hours at that point. I felt like I was probably getting some Neurodivergence vibe off of you too, just because of how passionate you were talking about maths <laughs> and <laughs> raccoons of the butt yeah huh. you didn't yeah, you didn't have to you didn't have to talk about it but you kept bringing the conversation back to like maths of course. and i was like i like that when i see someone like that that's usually like a good sign for me i know i can talk to this person so you piqued my curiosity and also you had stuck it out the whole trip down and back up the hill yeah. with no lights you were complaining the entire time. Uh, to be <laughs> Absolutely. Fair. But just add it to the great. Right. <laughs> I'm gonna do it for
0: my friends. Like I'm gonna do it, but I'm gonna complain about it. <laughs> but I will do it. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> I don't even personally really want to take anything up the butt in uh-huh. general. I'm like, just leave my butt alone. I don't know, just leave it alone personally. So technically I was on his <laughs> side, but
1: Really, I did not catch that at all.
0: But I do think we should always keep an open mind to things. Like I could be convinced by my partner <clears throat> if that's what they wanted to do.
1: If they told you those statistics. I mean those it's pretty good statistics, if you ask me. It's pretty good. <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> it's... <laughs> It's so specific. It could not be disinformation. You know, there's no way that that's made up. Someone tried this. It's so Someone specific. did it. Right. Somebody did do this. Otherwise, how would they know?
0: How do you know? I mean, because there's no way they're purely going off of like math alone. Like, you know what I mean? Someone tried yeah, it. Why Someone a raccoon tried it. I I have to believe that. <laughs> I have to, because a raccoon's a very specific animal. Oh my gosh. <laughs>
1: So, let us move on. Yeah! (laughs) Because I could tell about Raccoons on the Butt for hours. We could have about five episodes about that alone. And if we want us to, we can make it happen. So, uh, let us know. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We're taking DMs and emails. Maybe we'll find a volunteer. (laughs) Volunteer! (laughs) I'll find some raccoons! Oh my gosh. That would be awesome. So, you're in your mid-twenties yes when did you first realize you're a pansexual did you assume that you were straight before that
0: yes so i realized that i was not straight mm. um when i was a senior in high school so i was like 17 years old mm-hmm. and the thing is, is i spent my whole life doing like musical theater which should have been my first clue but mm-hmm. that's besides the mm-hmm. point of course because of musical theater i met the person who would later become my first girlfriend mm. through that and like meeting her that i discovered like Oh, and I think it's like one of those things where, like, I always knew, Mm. but because I did also like men, it was very easy to just be like, Mm. I'm straight. You know, and we're just, gonna, we're just gonna shut the door and ignore. I'm doing a lot of hand motions for the people that can't see mm-hmm.
1: me. Yes, you do talk with your hands.
0: It's really good. You mad. have full conversations. I, do, I really do. Just with your hands. <laughs> I'd be really good at sign language. Um, yes. Sorry, maybe. I gotta learn Korean first. Um, one language at a time. Though that might
1: be useful. Yeah. Right?
0: But yeah, it was really easy to ignore that I was like queer yes um but when i met her i was like okay yeah i'm not i'm not straight i don't know what i am but it's definitely not straight Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it probably wasn't until i went to college i want to say it was like end of high school beginning of college that i discovered pansexuality and all of that and kind of like truly figured out exactly Mm -hmm. what shape my little puzzle piece was (laughs) trying to fit into this world i realized that i was queer senior year of high school was when i like realized and accepted that this this was a reality of mine
1: (laughs) right do you feel like you had any trouble accepting the fact that you were queer or there was like other like external obstacles at the time
0: yeah so i had no issue with the fact that i was queer i had queer friends already Mm -hmm. and so i was like cool this is just a thing that is sometimes Mm -hmm. um my biggest worry was really like with my family Mm. because like both sides of my family are pretty religious and i had already kind of distanced myself from religion by this point in my life anyway Mm. but obviously like my family's like we go to church and we do all the things and i was like i don't know how this is gonna go and so as I was like, experiencing like my first like queer relationship, I did come out to my mom four months into the relationship. I live with my mom. She's gonna figure this out. I'm 17 years old and I live with my mother. She's going to figure it out. <laughs> I just I just feel like I can't hide mm-hmm, this. Mm-hmm. I'm not that sneaky. Yeah. Also, I've always told my mom everything. Right. So I came out to her, things were fine, whatever. It was all cool. Certain people in like my mom's half of the family know I have never told my dad to this day. Not a single member of that half of the family knows at all. I'm sure they have inklings. Because at this point, I don't go out of my way to hide it from them anymore. But I'm also not like telling them about it either. So like, I guess it's just really how willfully ignorant are you going to be? Yeah. But I also haven't had a ton of relationships since then either. So it's like, who knows? I'm sure they might guess. Because I don't think
1: they're dumb. You know? It's... (laughs) That's very kind of you to say. They're
0: smart people. I don't think they're dumb. I think <laughs> if they don't know, then at that point, I think they have chosen to not know. Because, <laughs> uh... Like, my stepmom follows me on Instagram. There's no way you don't know. And if they don't know by now, then when I eventually share this podcast episode, if they listen to it, they're going to know now. So, yeah. hi!
1: <laughs> if they can get through the raccoon part. The raccoon in
0: the butt. Yes.
1: This is going to be a soft landing to uh, whatever that experience is going to be for your (laughs) (laughs) family
0: So whatever. But at this point, like I'm all the way across the world. I think I worried about it more when I was at home and kind of like still depended on all of the people in my family. And I was like, what's going to happen if they find out? But now Uh that like I don't depend on them at all, they couldn't help Mm -hmm. me now even if like I needed them to. So Mm -hmm. I just, eh, whatever. If they find out, they find out. Problem solved. Yeah, I'm not racing to tell them, but I'm also like I'm not gonna hide it at this point. Yeah,
1: I feel like that's always like the, I don't know. That's been the case with me, at least. I mean, I did sit down some of my family members when I was coming out as non-binary a few years ago, but I never told them about my pansexuality. It just sort of comes up sometimes, Yeah. you know? And I'll just be like, I don't hide anything. But also, exactly like with your family members who maybe choose not to know, choose not to think about it or be aware of it, there are a few of my extended family members who are following me on Instagram. I know they watch my stories. So I'm like, Mm -hmm. if you don't know, (laughs) and you're not bringing it up uh, in conversations you know I see my extended family members pretty regularly so if you're not bringing up my voice changing the fact that I have like kind of a baby mustache going right now you know when I forget (laughs) to shave for a few days then you're really signaling to me that maybe you're not ready to talk about it right I'm just you know I'm okay with that I don't feel very uncomfortable with that. So I feel like that's a good way to navigate those situations if you're out to yourself, you know? And also, in your case, you're living halfway across the world, too. So that makes everything easier. It (laughs) really does. It really does. (laughs) Absolutely. Save those conversations for Um. real, real get-togethers whenever you choose to go back home. (laughs) (laughs) So how do you feel about it now? Do you feel, like, a little bit differently about it? Or... Does it not matter to you? Do you think it only matters in relationships?
0: Yeah, I think it just doesn't matter. I don't, Half the time, I don't even think it matters to me in a relationship. <laughs> like, I just... Mm. It's, that's a little, I feel like that's weird. Because, like, I don't even know what I want to... I don't, the words aren't there for me to figure out the train of thought that's going on up here right now.
1: You're not ready to have this conversation yet.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to think. Honestly, to me personally, like, I don't feel like it matters. Like i don't i don't even really think about my sexuality half the time like i know that it's there yeah i know that i am if someone asks me i'm immediately like oh like i'm pansexual like it's just not a big deal to me Mm. at all i feel like it's the least cool thing about me
1: okay uh let me ask you two follow-up questions okay a when you tell people that you're pansexual do they ask you what does that mean Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> yes. Every time. Okay. And what do you say to that? Um,
0: so I'm going to start this spill with a disclaimer.
1: Okay. Do it. Do it.
0: Personally, I think most labels are bull crap. I do also believe though that labels help us kind of figure out who we are and help us navigate the world, whatever. I do think they're mm. important. I also think they're crap. Um, so yeah. this is how <laughs> I view pansexuality and what it means to me if anybody hears this and they're like, I don't agree with you. First of all, that's fine. You're allowed your opinion. You don't have to agree with how I choose to view it. This is how I view it in my bubble, in my world. If you don't yeah. like it, argue with your mama, not with me. That's that's all I got to say. Argue with your mama. Or don't. <laughs> or don't. Whatever. But just don't argue with me. I don't care. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So for me, I'm going to roll back a little bit and start with, when I do explain how I feel about pansexuality, most people immediately look at me and they go like, isn't that just like bisexual with extra steps? And I'm like, basically. So to me, <laughs> so let me just explain. I want everyone to close their eyes who's watching this and I need you to picture something for me. No one is I want watching you to picture this. a giant um- <laughs> well, listening, whatever, <laughs> listening to this. I want you to picture a giant umbrella and the whole umbrella is bisexuality. That's the whole thing and pansexual Mm -hmm. is just like underneath this bisexual umbrella. That's kind of what I want you to picture. Or you can think about it like this if you're a STEM person like me. It's kind of like how all squares are rectangles, but not all rectangles are squares.
1: But actually, it makes sense, yeah.
0: All dolphins are whales, but not all whales are dolphins. You know what I mean? Me see. Right. So that that's hopefully one of those three
1: things made it click for you a little bit. So in this analogy, bisexuality is the dolphins. No, switch it. A- is square. In this, a- it's square. It's the square. What? No. So in this
0: situation, yes. bisexuality pansexuality is the, the square. Yeah, pansexuality is the square. Oh. Bisexuality is the rectangle, right? All squares are rectangles not all rectangles are squares and if anyone needs to understand that please just google the properties of rectangles and squares (laughs) i guess whatever so for me this is a really long-winded way of like telling you my definition yes i when i was introduced to bisexuality at the time i feel like weren't really talking a lot about like non-binary and trans people either. Mm. So bisexuality all always felt very restricted uh-huh. to me. I was like, I don't, this isn't right. This isn't encompassing all it needs to encompass. Now, at this point in my life, I'm like, it does encompass all these things. I've adjusted my definitions of all the things to kind of include it. It still doesn't feel right to me. So my view of bisexuality is like being attracted to two or more genders. It includes all the range of spectrums, ev- everything in there, everyone's included don't fight with me everyone's included but for some reason even with that definition i didn't like it i was like something's not feeling right i'm not i just feel like it's not specific enough for me as a person or it's too specific maybe i define pansexuality as being <laughs> attracted to people regardless of their gender it's just mm-hmm. i don't even think about it it's not even a factor that plays a role i don't give I <laughs> i don't i just like people
1: i don't give a okay i'm <laughs> <laughs> sorry i'm so sorry <laughs> It's just going to be a okay. meow. We're going
0: to meow it. Yeah. <laughs> meow. There's going to be a lot of meows in this episode. I'm so sorry <laughs> for people listening. I get passionate and then I start cursing.
1: That's um, all right. Anyways. That's okay. You do you. But yeah.
0: So that's what it is for me. It's like attraction to people completely like regardless of their gender. It doesn't play a role for me whatsoever. I really don't even think about it. I'm just like, I like this person a lot. I'm going <laughs> to don't cry.
1: Don't cry. Do I'm going to cry. You know why? Why? Because it's literally in one of the questions that I was going to ask you, you have the question sheet, but literally you are one of the very few real life pansexual people that I've met, like people who identify as pansexual. I'm including myself in this, obviously. Mm. Really I can count on one hand the number of times I've met queer people and then we're just having a conversation and I'm like, oh I'm pan, I'm like, what? I'm pan too." And then we're like sparkly-eyed, and we're like holding both hands, <laughs> like, oh just in a class, yeah. and we're like, oh my gosh, you oh too, We too. <laughs> it really does sometimes feel like meeting a unicorn out in the wild. And I love the it fact does. that the number's growing, but you are one of the few people, and I feel like your definition is pretty much maybe like the textbook definition, actually.
0: I think it, prob- <laughs> it probably- probably is. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah it, in our neurodivergent minds, we're like, disclaimer, disclaimer, disclaimer to everything we say. <laughs> disclaimer!
0: All the disclaimers! Because we know
1: <laughs> that words are imperfect, right. and people's brains are imperfect, and communication is imperfect. But to hear you say that gender does not factor in, and also presentation doesn't factor in, body parts don't factor yeah. in, right? That's what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to make sure. Disclaimer.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just so yeah, no,
1: none of it, yeah. That's exactly how I feel with, you know, people that I'm attracted to. And I just feel like whenever I tell people, like, that's what it means, people always smile and they're like, oh yeah, 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 great. That's great. Amazing. Mm-hmm. But I also get the feeling That they think I'm bullcrapping them a little bit. Yeah. Just because it is maybe in this, like, heteronormative, cisnormative world, it's hard to imagine being attracted to people regardless of whatever. Right. But also maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe we've all felt these attractions and just like you when you were younger, we've sort of pushed them aside and just go like, but that's not the same. Right. That's not right. the same as being attracted to somebody of the quote-unquote opposite gender because then the parts fit like they're supposed to. And, you know, Whatever. we can do all the things that media shows us to be romantic, quote-unquote right way. Mm-hmm. So just to hear somebody else say that voluntarily, even though I did ask the question, just brings <laughs> tears to my eyes because I'm like, Danny, you do get <laughs> me. We are bosom friends. Of course, we are. <laughs> <laughs>
0: We are, look. That's Absolutely. awesome.
1: And then my second question, Yes. we cannot forget. Bullet points. Bullet points. My second question is, you said that you haven't had a relationship since your first girlfriend, but yeah. I know that you've had, you know, entanglements. What? <laughs> no, entanglements. <laughs> <is, is> ruined. <laughs> yeah, basically, yeah. You, you do sort <laughs> of like, meet people. Yeah, um, yeah. Beyond the platonic ways. Yeah, yeah. So when you do, do you tell them that you're pansexual? Even if it's like a straight cis dude.
0: No, no, not always. Oh, okay. I'm trying to, I'm trying to, like, going back to, like, all the adult people. I've met. You're so popular. No. no. If it comes up in conversation, then I never lie. Like, all the way. Like, this is who I am. Sometimes it doesn't come up. I'm trying to think about all the people I've, meow. All the people that I've slept with. <laughs> it sounds like a lot. It's, I promise, I promise I can count the total number of people I've slept with on one hand I think wait I okay. may have just recently graduated to two hands
1: <laughs> like okay whatever wait, okay. Oh, so right. I'm <laughs> like it's we don't have to go into too much detail we don't I that's as far as I'm gonna go with yes
0: this, it's a low number so yeah. I just I had to clarify because it makes I was like with all the people it makes it sound like I'm just out here
1: getting busy I'm not I swear to god I'm not getting busy like that but but it also doesn't have to be like somebody you've had sexual encounters with. Right. it could be somebody that you feel the potential for it or like just in some right. other context, it comes up or it feels relevant. Yeah,
0: I'm trying to think. Yeah, I think it's like if they ask,
1: sure, a lot of people don't ask. That's another thing. A lot of people just assume that you're straight. They do, yeah. They really do, so they, they will not ask. They really do. And also, like, if you're pansexual, obviously you have the capacity to be attracted to somebody who presents as a cis man. Um, right. Who might might or might not identify as straight, but if we're going in with the assumption that he is straight, and that you are a cis woman, and then he's interested in you because he's reading you correctly as a cis woman. Right. Then, like, does that come up? I feel like it comes up in conversation with me more just because I always, whenever I have like a meaningful interaction with somebody, I always tell them I'm trans. Right. So it kind of comes up. Mm-hmm. So
0: it doesn't normally come up, like, because again, a lot of times they don't ask. And I guess I've never been the person who's just like, hi, I'm Danny. I'm pansexual. Like it's just not like one of those things that immediately follows because um, again, like I mentioned before, I think it's like one of the least interesting things about me and I'm a pretty interesting person. I've got a lot of fun facts. You are. Um, it just, I guess it just is. If they ask or if it comes up, I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm going to tell you. I'm be honest about it. You can ask me questions, whatever. Yeah. It's just never one of those things where I think I should tell you that I'm pan. It just never really comes up in my head.
1: Mm. I want to ask you another follow-up question. Okay, go for it. Do you feel like in society, mainstream society in general, and also like in media, do you feel like there's a little bit of a pan-erasure or pan-forgetfulness? I
0: think so. Because mm. I've had a few conversations lately, actually, with people about being pansexual. Right. And it's like I tell them, and of course they immediately ask me, well, what is that? And then I tell them, and they're like, isn't that just bisexual? And I'm like, well, not exactly. And even as I'm like kind of explaining everything they're just kind of like, "Okay." But it's like that okay that's like, "So you're basically bisexual and that's how I'm going to that's how I'm going to like remember exactly how it is yeah. you identify." And I'm like, "But that's not what?" <laughs> like, "What? Okay." Um, so yeah, I definitely think that
1: there is.
0: I think that there is.
1: Does it ever annoy you?
0: Oh, all the time. All the all the time. Okay. <laughs> I honestly think that's probably why I don't just go tell people hi, I'm pansexual, because I don't feel like having this conversation again. Mm. And then having them look at me again with these eyes of like, okay, <laughs> like, why do you do this? It's the most condescending sounding okay, mm-hmm. I've ever heard in my life. And it, honestly, it's probably why I don't talk about it more. Because <laughs> I'm just over it. I'm I'm over
1: it. Yeah. Mm.
0: Even with Mm -hmm. other queer Mm -hmm. people too, like even it's not just like I expect it from straight people Like I expect it from them Like I've even had conversations with queer people and it's a similar thing of it just sounds like you're bisexual and I'm like
1: No Right I'm not Yeah But whatever I mean that's why I want to cry tears of joy whenever I actually meet another pansexual person because they know they get it They get it They get it Yeah I'm getting really aggressive with this I always get aggressive, when I, like I feel joy. Keep
0: that aggression.
1: Yeah. And I feel like there's like a little bit, with me at least, there's a little bit of insecurity whenever I talk to my brother, for example, who is cis straight guy Mm -hmm. in a cis straight relationship. And my brother and my sister-in-law are wonderful people, not queerphobic or transphobic in the least. And sometimes when we catch up, they'll ask me, oh, are you seeing anybody? And I rarely see anybody. You know, I barely have enough energy for me. So, And I'm also gray sexual and gray romantic. So usually the answer is no. But in the rare instance that I, I am interested in someone, or I am actually kind of engaged in something with someone, I usually end up telling them, oh, this woman or this man, right? And I feel like there's just not as many opportunities to really showcase my pansexuality Right! <laughs> yeah, yeah, In yeah. a practical way, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I feel like that's just like an interesting thing you experience as a pan person And obviously there are people who identify as bisexual who are attracted to trans people, non-binary people And it's up to you how you use your labels But yeah, with pansexuality, whenever I come across anybody who identifies actively as a pansexual It's like finding an oasis Yes! In a desert, right? I cannot tell you how I squealed out loud when I saw, like, I don't know, E! News article mm-hmm. about Wayne Brady coming out as pansexual. And I was like, are you... <laughs> what? Are you serious? Are you for real? I have to find out everything about this, this instant. And I still like I'm. My heart is beating faster now talking about it because mm. I was just so happy. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a media personality in the mainstream media, like who's also a dude right. who is like, I'm pansexual. Right. And this is what it means to me. He actually did have his own definition of being pansexual, but he also mm-hmm. acknowledged I'm butchering the dictionary definition of this, and I'm like, yeah. You know what? You're beautiful. <laughs> You're just yep. beautiful. And apparently he's also an introvert. So I'm just like...
0: <gasps> oh, we love introverts.
1: Totally unilateral, like one-sided friendship. <laughs> I yeah. feel another beginning of a beautiful friendship. <laughs> just on my <laughs> side. <laughs> um, so anyway, pansexual people are precious people. We need to be protected. They are. And cherished at we all costs.
0: Do. Also, yeah. I feel like we're all Hufflepuffs. Oh my gosh. Every single one of us. I don't think I've ever met... A pansexual who's not a
1: Hufflepuff. I feel like, at heart, I'm a Hufflepuff, but whenever I used to, pre-J.K. Rowling, being mm-hmm. the person that she is now, um, <laughs> Yeah. I used to take those tests and I always got uh, Ravenclaw, which I was mm-hmm. like, mm, this is this because I'm Asian? Like... <laughs> Stop! So you, are you categorizing me? <laughs> are you... Based on certain ethnic traits. That's so funny. Um, That's so funny. But literally, yes. I, know. I like to think I'm half. Half and half. Half and half. Nos nos. It's like you know. It's the best mm-hmm. way to drink coffee. So, anyway, what is this conversation? Yeah. Uh, who knows? I definitely think you're a Hufflepuff. You run the place.
0: <laughs> yeah, it is. Cr- I am like You're the, the head girl. If you look up, what is a Hufflepuff? Example. Picture of me. <laughs> that's just your picture. That's just you. That's
1: you. Yeah, smiling with your blue drink. <laughs> with my blue drink. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's me as a whole. So I guess my last question to you, maybe on the topic of sexuality, do you feel like mm-hmm. coming to understand that you are pansexual has changed your relationship to yourself or like the way you see the world, yourself, just in general? Has it changed anything for you?
0: Ooh. I really don't think that it has, only because when it comes to, like, I guess, how I like rank the things about me and like how they affect my life, I feel like my sexuality always takes a backseat. To all the other things about me, I feel like the other things have had more of a direct, like, I'm Black before I'm queer, if that makes sense. Like, these Mm -hmm, things mm -hmm. affect me before this one does. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so, like, it's always been, like, this is a true thing about me, but right now it's not the most important thing about me. Mm. And that's just kind of how my life has operated (laughs) at this point.
1: Right. No, that makes sense. Um, I was having a conversation with a friend, and I was telling her about how when I was living in the UK, mm-hmm. um, I just never really had room to think about my sexual orientation or my gender identity, because, yeah, there were other things at the forefront of my mind about myself mm-hmm. in the society that I was living in that I really had to focus on, and that was highlighted to me over and over again. Yeah, okay. And one of those things was my ethnicity, and how that affected like other people's perception of me and my self-perception. Yeah. And then once I moved back to Korea, I was like, oh I'm really pan and I'm really <laughs> trans and my friend was like yes that makes sense because sexual orientation is not really essential to survival right and I'm like huh that's an interesting way to think about it but that's probably true and so I think yeah that's a really really interesting and important point No,
0: absolutely.
1: do you have anything to add <laughs> No, I'm giving you an I think opening.
0: Full stop. I was like, that was like, that's my okay. statement. Full stop.
1: Okay. All right. Let's Whoa. move on. My actual last question about the topic of being pan and queer yes. is, as I've said before, you are one of the youngest friends in my network of queer friends, and when I think about myself at your age, I kind of I feel like I was looking toward older queer people to see, like, some examples Mm -hmm. of my options (laughs) for my future. (laughs) Kind (laughs) of like, how could my life unfold? Because as a young person, you just generally could feel a little bit like, ah, I don't know what the future holds which is a really natural thing to feel. Yeah. Uh, but as, like, a queer young person, I kind of appreciated having, like, older friends around, just living their queer lives. Yeah. And I kind of got something valuable out of that. And I wonder, because now I am older than you, I look at you and I'm like, oh, brand new life. <laughs> um, and I wonder <laughs> if you ever feel like there are things that you think about as a younger person, maybe some, like curiosities, anxieties, or whatnots that you that you have because you're young? Which is kind of a strange way to put it because you've...
0: Because you're young. You're the oldest
1: you've been. <laughs>
0: right. I, I know. Just,
1: What's it like being a baby?
0: You know, first of all, I don't consider myself a baby. <laughs> um, I know. You think I'm a baby. I know that
1: really irritates you, so I just like to say that.
0: <laughs> I, I don't consider myself a baby. I don't view myself as very young and, yeah. like... Even though, I don't know if it's a long time. I don't really know what is a long time when it comes to, like, how long, like, you've really, like, known and accepted that you're queer. Because I feel like our version of a long time is not everyone else's version of a long time.
1: (laughs) Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. To me, a minute is a long time.
0: (laughs) Right, so, like, (laughs) for me, it's like, okay, I've known that I'm queer since, like, I was 17. I'm 25. It's been eight years at this point. Mm. And, like, not only have I, like, kind of, Maybe it's you know the neurospiciness that I heavily researched like anything and everything that has to do with it. I go down rabbit holes, mm. so I'm trying to think now. Like I don't have like any questions off the dome, but whenever I do have questions, I'm usually like, "What can Google tell me?" Because I'm also like
1: mm.
0: the internet, <laughs> um, and then. I've helped a lot of my friends who are like my age, obviously, come to terms with like some of their sexuality. And I've been like that person for them, because even though we're the same age, when it comes to how long we've been openly queer, like I've been that way, way longer than they have. Mm. So like once I started like helping other people, I was like, I don't really consider myself like a baby gay anymore. So it's like,
1: yeah, (laughs) that
0: makes sense.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, no, that's valid.
0: So yeah, we're, we're just here vibing. I'm not the baby you want me to be.
1: (laughs) I know. I'm sorry. It's just going to be like this for another year or so. It's fine. It's okay. I Uh, I have my own like strict standards. But I wanted to ask this question because I feel like it's easier to ask older people questions. Like, hey, like, is there something you wished you had known when you were like blah, blah, 10 years ago, 20 years ago? But like, what about the people who are that age now? Like, is there anything they want to know now or 10 years in the future or you know just the, yeah. the young perspective we're all we're all thirsting after it these days we want to stay always. relevant
0: <laughs> stay relevant
1: <laughs> that's hilarious
0: everything is so funny that you're always like you're my youngest friend you are the thing is though is that all of my like all of my closest friends tell me that Because all of my closest friends are in their 30s. What? Like even in the States, my best friend, literally, I think she is 29 and her husband is 30. Mm. And like all of her friends that I also hung out with are like 30, 31, 32. They're all in that age bracket. And all of my coworkers that I was the closest to at work, and I mean, like, I hung out with them outside of work. We were BFFs. I was going to their houses for like breakfast dinners on Sunday mornings. They're all like, 31, 32. Those are the people that I've always been the closest with. And so they always like, you're my youngest friend. I just became BFS with this Korean lady at a Noreban. Of course she And she'll text me and be like, we should all get together and like sing together. And I was like, yeah, sure. Sounds good. So now I'm in this little group chat with all these people, most of whom are Korean. And I'm the youngest person. Like everyone there is like late 30s, 40s. And I'm 25. Mm. <laughs> it's like, I'm just chilling with these people.
1: Okay. This is very valuable information because now you are my youngest friend but i'm not your oldest friend no <laughs> to you, no not at all i'm just a run of the mill yeah you know, <laughs> this is normal Korean friend <laughs> that you make on the daily and yeah. you just tend to attract people who are older okay i'm getting it now (laughs) it's very um, rare that
0: like my close friends are my age and i think the only reason right now that i have a lot of friends that are kind of my age is because the people that i happen to work with at work are my age and they're like the ones i see all the time because being an english teacher like most of us are roughly the same age there's like a few people who have been here for years and are obviously older but Most of us are like, you know, fresh out of college, 23 to like, Mm. 27-ish. Yeah.
1: You know what's funny? When I was your age, most of my close friends were also quite a bit older than me, too. And Mm. what I think is funny is I hated it when people are like, you're so young, or you're just a baby. And And look at you now! (laughs) And now I... (laughs) Do it to me! (laughs) And you really do become the things that you hate. (laughs) and this is just a sad yeah. fact of life but i'm doing it that is. to you i think it's like important to note that we both live in korea yeah and if i had met you uh some other place where age is not such a big yeah. social factor in just everyday interactions the tense that you use with people who are older are different right and the way you really interact with people based on their age which is one of the things that you do inquire about when you meet so that yeah you know how to address that person yeah exactly it's in the titles that you use for that person too so if i would met you some other place like back in the states or something i might not think about your age as much i would still think about it but within the queer community also what you said about you're not a baby queer anymore is really true because there are people who are older than us like in their 40s 50s who might have just come out of the closet right and so for them it's like they look to you or to me and they're like whoa they've been doing this for a lot longer than yeah what's that like and so in the queer community where there are people of all ages, yeah. there are maybe more opportunities for friendships where yeah. there is an age gap. Just because of the way the world is, a lot of people just don't get that choice yeah. to be able to come out and live as themselves until later on. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's so interesting. Yeah. You know, I'm really starting to appreciate the age gap in our friendship now. <laughs> I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad. <laughs> Through this conversation. also. Awesome. <laughs> Do you feel like you have a good, good, good queer community locally in Busan where you live? Yes.
0: So actually, I was thinking about this because like, I looked through all the questions, obviously, and I was thinking about my friends mm. and the vast majority of my friends. And when I say my friends, I mean the ones that I regularly hang out with. I have a lot of people that mm. I'll like reach out to occasionally. But when I think about like the sure. friends that I regularly see or regularly communicate with, almost all of them are queer. And I hang out with a lot of people. Uh, <laughs> like, I'm a popular mm-hmm. person. <laughs> um, I believe you. And sometimes I don't even know that about them. And like, I'll find out later. Like, I was talking to one of my friends, and she mentioned something about being bisexual. And I was like, you're bi? She's like, yeah. I was like, bro, like, we've been friends for like six months, and I didn't even know. Like, I just, Mm. craziness.
1: So, they turned out to be queer. Yeah. And
0: it's like, I had no idea. And you, beautiful. You know, like calls to like. I don't know. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, Mm -hmm. most of my friends are queer, which I love, because I need all, I want all the queer people in my life all the time. (laughs) So. Yes. Yeah. So, so the
1: vast majority of them are. Oh, cool. If you're just socializing, not necessarily in a openly queer context, that still tends to happen.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I don't know how. Okay, well that's awesome. But I love it. I love it.
1: So, you're black. I am. And <laughs> it's have, February. You have mentioned it. It's February. It's Black History Month.
0: It's Black History Month. So this month, I'm blackity black black. Don't play with me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely.
1: <laughs> Are they doing anything to celebrate it?
0: Um. I mean, like, no, like, I don't do anything specific. I'm just more extra than usual. Okay. Like, it's actually really funny. So, in my old job back in the States, mm. I always joked with my coworkers because most of my coworkers were, for the longest time, I was the only black person that worked mm. there. I worked in West Virginia. It's West Virginia. So, right. for the longest time, whenever it was February, because I worked there for almost three years before I left. And each February, I was like, it's my month don't play with me i rolled up to work wearing dashikis and i was super extra just all the time i found all the like i was playing all kinds of music it just i was so extra for the entire month of february Mm -hmm. and like i love the friendships where you kind of like bully each other a little bit that's the type of friend that i am again it's aggressive it's aggressive love but it's love and so one of my favorite co-workers, that's the relationship we had. Okay. It was like a big brother, little sister. Because, again, he's like 30-something. And I'm me over here, 25. And we just yes. like lightly bully Not even lightly. It was aggressive. But we just, like, bully each other back and forth. And so always during February, I was like, you can't say nothing to me during February. This is my month. I'm not taking none of your crap. Like, this is my month. Mm-hmm. Super extra. All the time. Obviously here... I'm extra, not quite as much, because obviously, like, most people are... What is, I've actually had some people be like, what is Black History Month? Right? <laughs> right, Because it's like, I'm in Korea. So, like, obviously, it's not quite the same.
1: Right. But I'm still black, so
0: <laughs> I still do my thing.
1: Yeah. It is an American tradition. Yes. And just because of the people I follow, I'm aware. Right. But it, there's not that awareness in Korea. Um, it's not really celebrated in Korea. Right. Which, I mean... I understand. Like that's, you know, I
0: completely understand. It's fine.
1: But this being a Black History Month, oh, this is, okay, well, we did not plan this. No, we didn't. But this was part of the questions that I wrote up for you because I was really curious and I don't think I've actually asked you directly about your experiences of being a Black woman in Korea. What has that been like?
0: Overall, it's been pretty positive. I was very nervous when I was like doing research to come here, mm. just because a lot of black women that I like followed and was listening to were having very negative experiences with people here. Mm-hmm. And like I always knew on some level, like it's gonna be weird. You know, Korea's a very homogenous country. Mm. Like they're gonna be like, who is this chick? And why does her hair look like this? And why is her skin so dark? I don't understand. Like so, I knew like on some right. level. Like, obviously, it's twenty twenty four. We know black people exist, mm-hmm. but um, like when you don't see them every day, uh, you know, like there's some wonder. And so I knew, like on some level, I was like, oh, this is gonna be interesting. Yeah. And then after doing research, I was a little worried because all of the people that I like followed had very bad experiences. And so I was like, oh, oh no, that's a little worrisome, but I firmly believe, "Mm, but I bet it'll be different for me. Like I don't listen, I'm stubborn. I don't listen to people. So like all my friends were like, Mm -hmm. you keep telling me about these bad stories that other black women have had, Mm -hmm. and yet you're still gung-ho about moving to Korea. And I'm like, I'm a different person. (laughs) Like that was their experiences and they're valid. Mm -hmm. And I'ma go have mine. Plus, I experience racism everywhere, right quite frankly. like anti-blackness is global mm-hmm. Like it don't matter where I go, mm-hmm. like I'm gonna experience some form of racism. Mm. But I feel like the difference here is here it's more of like an ignorance thing like they just don't know. Mm-hmm. Whereas like in America, it, this is rooted in like hate. like you this is a hatred thing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: and like mm-hmm. a choice. Mm-hmm. This is a choice (laughs) that you made. Mm -hmm. Um, Would you say that it's fair for me to say it's kind of within similar veins of your family, some of our family members, not quite wanting to stay engaged with the knowledge of who we are. Yes. Even when we share them. There's an opportunity to learn. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Same thing. (laughs) But they have their reasons for not, not choosing to. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: So I was a little nervous. I was nervous about coming, but I was like, we're coming anyway. i got my best friend with me. I'm going to have a great time. And I just don't really let a lot of things bother me. I probably should let more things bother me. But I'm just like, whatever. I'm determined to have a good time. I'm determined to like be a positive, happy person. Mm. And I'm going to force everybody to endure my positivity and my happiness. And it must be working. Because I have had very positive experiences here. I've had negative experiences, but none of them have been necessarily like because I'm black. Yeah. It, it's more like they're just negative experiences because, like, I'm f- a foreigner in Korea. So, like, mm-hmm. the taxi drives away. I mean, it's only happened once. Mm-hmm. As I said before, like, most of my taxi experiences have been great. Yeah. But. I think the only times I've really had, like, negative experiences as a black woman in Korea is really when it comes to dating and not just living. Like, my life living is fine. Right. Like, right. no one really bothers me. No, I haven't had any microaggressions or people being like, whatever. My school treats me fine. Like, everything's fine. Mm-hmm. The only time I really notice a difference is when it comes to, like, dating people. Mm-hmm. In which I didn't come to Korea to, like, find someone and fall in love. I came to teach English. Mm-hmm like i'm a romantic person and i like romance Mm -hmm. so obviously you want to do romantic things almost cursed again romantic things with other people and that's where i see like all the differences i'll go out to a bar with my pretty little white friend and everyone kind of gravitates towards them and then like later Uh. they meet me as a result of coming to talk to them and it's like oh well you're kind of cool too Mm -hmm. and then i form a friendship but no one ever approaches me and is like I'm going to go flirt with her. Like, that's just not how I navigate (coughs) Korea, Mm. Um, unfortunately. But it is what it is. (laughs) It just, it is. Because I kind of have, like, two strikes against me because I'm black and I'm fat. And I don't say fat negatively. It's just a statement. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It just is. I love myself regardless. But, like, those two things are both true. And so, like, it's just a little bit harder Mm -hmm. to, like, find people that are willing to look past that and still. So... Those are the only times it's negative. Like, the rest of my life is fine. Mm. No negative experiences I have otherwise are because I'm black. I've found.
1: Mm. Hmm. Thank you for sharing that. You're so welcome. <laughs> Do you feel like being a black queer person in the queer communities that you have found? Because, like, you never really leave your race at the door anywhere you go. Yeah. And I'm speaking from my experience of living in a white-centric society for a big portion of my life Mm -hmm. in the UK. But like, you really don't. But I also never got to experience the proper queer community when I was living in in England Mm. because I didn't really have room to explore that until I came back here. But I still noticed some dynamics in the international queer community over here. Mm. So I was wondering if you feel comfortable sharing your experiences on that front. Oh,
0: goodness. Um... It has always been, whether in the US or here, I think being a Black queer person has always been very frustrating for me because mm. it always feels like my experiences kind of get overshadowed by the experiences of like my white counterparts, mm. right? Or if I do have a very specific experience as a Black queer person, that like white people haven't had, like, they just kind of throw it on the fact that, like, oh well, it's because you're black. And I'm like, but it still affects me as also as a queer person <laughs> as well. Yeah. And it just and so it's kind of like they separate, like they try to separate issues. Right. And I'm like, but you you can't separate this issue. No. It is very much intertwined. Like we can't we can't separate the yeah. two. And it gets very frustrating. The other thing that's frustrating. And this is more so something I experienced back home, is like when issues do happen that solely affect the fact that I'm Black Mm -hmm. and not necessarily the fact that I'm queer, it's like, white queer people are like, well, that has nothing to do with me, so I'm going to be over here. Mm. Meanwhile, I'm fighting every fight, because let's be real, everything affects every part of Mm -hmm, my life. mm -hmm. Like, I am a Black queer woman. Mm. It just everything affects everything right and so i don't have the privilege of being able to pick and choose which battles i fight i have to fight for all of them Mm -hmm. and so it's very frustrating to then watch my white queer friends kind of like choose to distance themselves from other issues because like well this doesn't affect me right and like hmm hmm Cause like, as a black person, we tend to very much view things as like, if, if it affects like part of our, well not actually let me back up, mm-hmm. let no. Cause not all of them think that way. I personally think that if it affects like one part of my community, then it affects like all of my community. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I have to fix that issue. So like, even though this doesn't affect you as a white person this is affecting black queer people Mm -hmm. so like we are part of your community (laughs) but they don't they again they separate they just they separate and it's very frustrating because i can't separate it i don't i don't have that privilege right so it's very frustrating it makes it easy to be very like resentful yeah I try not to be that way. And it's not all people. There are plenty of white queer people that do fight the fight Mm -hmm. all the way. And I love Mm -hmm. them. Um, But it is not everyone. (laughs) Yeah. Which can be frustrating.
1: I mean, frustrating is really a a polite way to put it. It is. It is. I'm trying to be nice. Yeah. Yes. This is a PG podcast. And you are a very loving, a lover of humanity, I feel like, from Mm -hmm. other conversations and interactions that we've had. Uh, But yeah, you know, that actually kind of reminds me of this quote I've heard, and I really honestly cannot recall right now where I heard this, but it's always Mm -hmm. stayed with me ever since I heard it, which is, privilege is the ability to walk away from a conversation once it makes you uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, And it's just so true, you know? And... I feel like that's why I wanted to ask you some of these questions. And hopefully, like, we can have more conversations on the topic of how, you know, being racialized in this world affects our experiences as humans. Mm. And just because we're not talking about them doesn't mean that it's not happening and that we don't have to live with the impact of that every day. And I wonder, what about in Korea? Do you feel like, obviously, Korea is just politically and racially and culturally not the same as the states right what have your experiences been like in the queer community in korea do you feel like you have to be less weary of that or is it the same thing with korean people or people from different backgrounds
0: so when it comes to i guess like the queer community here most of my queer friends here are foreigners Mm. from all over but mostly from the states (laughs) um Mm -mm. i don't actually know Mm. a lot of queer korean people i think i can count them on one hand (laughs) that i I actually like know um and talk to enough to um like i guess really like have any experiences with so for that one i I don't i don't think i have enough experience with like like a large group of like korean queer people to like really see like what the differences are i'm i'm friends with like two (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> right
0: though i just met yeah. two more but i just met them so like we're not friends yet like I've, I've hung out with them one time
1: i'm so sorry but i'm gonna bring up age again uh it's okay. sorry not sorry it's fine. like it's fine you are younger mm-hmm. than most of my friends that i have and i have quite a few friends who live in the states or are from the states out of the friends who are currently living in the states who are i guess the term in the states that's being used is people of color.
0: I hate that, because I'm, I'm black, we're black. <laughs> there's black people and then there's people of color and they're di- they're not the same in America anyway. Oh, really? Because you have, at least for-
1: I feel like it's a blanket term. Another
0: black person might tell you. That. So there's like, for me, when I say like I'm black, I mean, I am a black American person, uh-huh. right? Which is different than just like a person of color. Because, like, person of color includes basically like anybody who's got some melanin in them. Mm. And that doesn't always, and like, this, that person of color also includes like, you know, like immigrants who are like in America. Yeah. But like, I am American at the end of the day. Like, yeah. I was born in America. My mm. parents were born in America. My parents' parents were born in America. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're just also black. <laughs> like so, I'm always like, I'm black. Like I'm a black American. I'm black. <laughs> it just for okay. me. I don't know. I know. Who knows? Someone else might be like, no, no, I'm not. Da-da-da-da. I don't.
1: Yeah. Argue with your mama.
0: I'm black. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So Whatever.
1: The term POC. For me, I really came across when I moved back to Korea Mm -hmm. and I started meeting people from North America Mm -hmm. who are using this term. I never really, like, I didn't really become familiar with the term when I was living in the UK because I don't feel like that's a term that's used really outside of the United States that much. It's really not. Yeah, it has a very like specific cultural background as well. A while ago, I became aware of the term people of the global majority. Ooh! Which is kind of long. But if you consider the global context of, I guess, what people across the globe look like, that is a more accurate term to describe people who don't read as white or how they identify racially or ethnically. So anyway, (laughs) all of this to say that a friend of mine who is Asian, who's living in the States currently, they were talking about a queer group made up of people of specific Mm -hmm. ethnic backgrounds and, you know, what kind of value that has for this person. And I was like, that makes a lot of sense. And this group was like made up of people from across the spectrum of ethnicities. Mm -hmm. So it's not just like one culture, not just Korean culture, but it was, you know, multicultural group. And... What that reminded me of as a Korean queer person living in Korea right now is this sense of people understanding intersectionality and kind of having that sense of camaraderie. Mm-hmm. Your struggle may not be my direct struggle, but I see how it's connected. So let's put our heads together, hearts together, yeah. and like understand that really we're in the same boat. And I wonder if you found that more in the States Rather than in Korea, or like vice versa, or, or both?
0: That's a good question. Let's see here. Now I'm, I'm thinking now <laughs> Think. about my, Think experience, away. With my experiences with different communities. I have a stronger queer community with me now mm. than I did in the States. Obviously, I had lots of queer friends in the States. Like they were all like individual, right? Like I was like, I'm friends with this person and I'm friends with this person, but like they're not friends with each other. right? Whereas like here, like it really is like a community. Like we're all friends with each other. The queer community in Busan is small. So like, it's like, we all know each other. We're all here together. (laughs) Whereas back home, like it was like, well, I'm friends with these queer people individually, but I wouldn't really call us like a
1: community. (laughs) Yeah.
0: So yeah, I, I guess like I found more of like that camaraderie just here, just because of the fact that all of my like it was also individualistic there, which
1: is you know mm-hmm. on par for America. So <laughs> just, <laughs> it's very on brand. <laughs> yeah, you know that's really interesting. I recently met somebody who is uh, American, originally from Colombia, and this person was telling me his experiences. In Korea, has been more similar to the one he experienced back in the States rather than like back in Mm Colombia, in that everyone is quite self-contained and we tend to, in public spaces at least, we don't really acknowledge other people. We're all like on our phones and like, please don't look at me. (laughs) Just like, let's pretend we're all in our little bubbles, which we are. And I was like, oh, wow, that's so interesting. And he was like, yeah, you know, back home, like everybody sort of just acknowledges everybody by greeting them, whether you know them or not. And like, I've never seen that happen in Seoul recently. But when I was growing up... Mm -hmm. I feel like there was a little bit more of that culture, and I know that on a different level, socially, Korea is also much more group-oriented, and once you really get to know someone, you're sort of Mm -hmm. taken in to the fold. Some people don't like that. Some people don't like, you know, being a little bit too, like, close socially. Everybody sort of knows everybody's business and all that stuff, but it also comes with people caring for you. Yeah. So I just thought that was interesting, and I wonder if that was, like, more of a city thing, or, you know, does that have to do with modernization? I I think maybe so. Or is it really a cultural thing? I don't know.
0: Because I've lived and visited, right? I've been all up and down, like the East Coast of America. Mm. And America's so huge and different in every state that you go to. I feel like in New York, like if you go to like New York, because I've spent so much time up there, it's Mm. very similar to Korea and like a sense of people don't really acknowledge you. People are going where they need to go. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We're going to do what we got to do. People are in their phones, they're doing whatever. Whereas if you go like where I'm from and it's like a smaller town or a more rural area, Mm. everyone says hi to you. It doesn't matter if you know them or not. Mm. I have truly made friends with people because we were standing in line at the grocery store and they struck up a conversation with me. Cause I just happened to be behind them at that time. It's just stuff like that. Like that Southern hospitality thing is like Mm. just so true. Uh, And people, Mm. they do, they just talk to you. It doesn't matter. People say hi to you walking by. Even though I try to say, I don't, Ultimately, I like attention. Let's be real. And so <laughs> I often... <laughs> I do. And so I, okay. I've always done things that kind of draw attention to myself. And when I say do things, I don't mean like I act crazy or something. I hmm. often like get like bright blue hair or I wear brightly colored wigs. <gasps> oh, things I that usually it. make people stop and go like... Oh, so people come up to me a lot cuz they're like, "Oh my god, I love oh. your hair." Cuz like one time I had like bright blue like fake reds, and it was great. Like um and everyone's like coming up to me and they're like, "Oh my god, your hair's so cute." Da, da, da. And it starts so many conversations with people. Mm-hmm. Whereas mm-hmm. like in Korea, that doesn't happen. And I've gone around Korea in like this bright orange colored wig i've done it because i like (gasps) extra people are gonna stare at me anyway in korea like people stare at me regardless so like i may as well just be extra and be myself because i'm gonna get stared at either way but no one like comes up to you they don't talk to you they just stare at you and keep moving um right and i do miss i do miss some of the friendliness
1: hey it's jay here my conversation with Danny will continue in next week's episode. If you have any questions for Danny so far, comments on this episode, and or your own stories of being pansexual, expat, third culture, and more, let us know. You can find us on Instagram or email us. Our Instagram handle is the underscore coffee shop underscore AU. And our email address is hi h i, at thecoffeeshopau.com. Thank you for listening and have a great week.